0: Hello and welcome to this week's show. After my last show aired, I had several people contact me wanting to know the difference between ITC and EVPs. So, since there seems to be a bit of confusion on the topic, I have decided to replay a round table discussion conducted by the host of Ghostly Talk between myself and another one of the top ITC researchers in the world today, Mark Macy. Within the body of this uh, roundtable discussion, it is my hopes that all of your questions and perceptions of the nature of ITC or instrumental transcommunication will be answered. I will be offering this in this show and the next. Then from that point on, you should have a working knowledge of ITC and spirit communication, so that we can proceed with the news from the lab and my personal experiments with speaking to the dead. However, before we get started, I would like to send a special shout out to two of my most loyal and youngest fans, Molly and Trevor, from the City by the Sea in Washington State. Thank you to both of you for listening to my show and for being such great kids. I hope to meet you very soon. But until then, I would like to dedicate this next song to you two. It was my favorite when I was your age, and that was a long time ago. It's called The Little Blue Man, sung by Betty Johnson. So, Molly and Trevor, this song is for you. (laughs) ¶¶
1: One morning when I was out shopping, though you'll find it hard to believe, a little blue man came out of the crowd and timidly tugged at my sleeve. I love you, I love you, said the little blue man, I love you, I love you to bits. I love you. He loved me, said the little blue man, and scared me right out of my wits. I hurried back to my apartment. I rushed in and I closed the door. But there on the desk stood the little blue man who started to tell me once more. I love you, I love you, said the little blue man. I love you, I love you to bits. I love you. He loved me, said the little blue man, and scared me right out of my wits. Four weeks after that I was haunted, though no one could see him but me. Right by my side was the little blue man Wherever I happened to be I love you One evening in wild desperation I rushed to a rooftop in town And over the side pushed the little blue man Who sang to me all the way down I love you, I love you, said the little blue man. I love you, I love you to bits I love you love me, said the little blue man and scared me right out of my wits. I whispered thank goodness that's over I smiled as I hurried outside. But there on the street stood the little blue man who said with a tear in his eye, I don't love you anymore.
0: And now I present to you the roundtable discussion between Mark Macy and myself, hosted by Ghostly Talk, In Progress.
2: This is an act- this is absolutely the most incredible uh thing that i could think of is to get on the telephone at the same time uh marcus leader and mark macy because both of both of both have been past guests on Ghostly Talk, and uh, of course uh, Marcus Leader, in his research, he, do, he builds gizmos, and and of which there are photos. If you go to ghostlytalk.com and go into the pictures section, there are photos in there in in the uh, uh, field reporter albums of incredibly
0: cool gizmos. Incredibly
2: cool gizmos that that Marcus Leader. Invents and creates, and uh, we've used some of these things, in, well, one of these things in, in our own investigations, and uh, he uses, of course, all of them in his investigations, and so Marcus Leader of uh, Leader Research, it has uh, earned, more than earned, our respect and admiration uh, over over the the, what year or two that we've (laughs) that we've known him and i have to say uh marcus uh thank you for agreeing to doing this show
3: oh it's my pleasure
2: and uh welcome again to ghostly talk thank you uh the other fellow uh we've we've talked with uh mark macy twice and uh, well, on the on the show, and he's worlditc.org and worlditc that's instrumental transcommunication. We ran across ITC one day. Uh, Scott L was listening to Coast to Coast, of course, as we all do, and they were talking about um, instrumental transcommunication, and it prompted Scott L to do a, a web search and just the more he found the more interesting the topic became and so we talked about it over and over over many a dinner over the telephones burning up our cell phone minutes Uh, ITC became a passion for, for us and so we got in touch with Mark Macy of World ITC and during the second uh, second time that Mark Macy was on, he mentioned something that that just started ringing bells in our head. He said something about subtle energies, and that was in a f- actual phone conversation, recorded between him and uh, Konstantin Radov, I believe it was. And the when when they started talking about subtle energies, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> now I know a couple of people who are doing research that that could be could be complementary to each other. So why don't we see if we can get both of them on the telephone at the same time and introduce them to one one another. So, uh, Mark Macy, thank you for coming on Ghostly Talk again.
4: My pleasure, again.
2: And um, I would like to formally, I suppose, this is what I've been waiting for ever since I wrote a... A uh, 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 post in the forums at ghostlytalk.com about how excited I am about this show. This is what I've been looking forward to. I would like you, Marcus Leader, um, to meet Mark Macy. And, Mark Macy, I would like you to meet Marcus Leader.
3: Uh, pleased to meet you, Mark.
4: Well, likewise, Marcus. I think um, from what I've studied of your work, it sounds like you're. Uh, Moving in the direction that science has to move into as they develop kind of a foundation of spirituality for a new science, I think you're you're going right in the right direction from from everything I could tell.
3: Well, thank you. Yeah, I think so. The um, uh, the main thing is I haven't been in this particular area too long. I've been studying the paranormal for over 30 years, but. I've just been doing this kind of research, uh, you know, similar to what you've been doing, that you've been doing longer than I have. But um, I think, you know, there are some changes that have to be made in our technology, you know, to get to where we need to go.
2: Absolutely. Yep. And that's where uh, the, the, the one thing that I find is interesting is the, the beginnings of, of instrumental transcommunication was very technologically based they actually built uh, a transmitter and a receiver inside of a Faraday cage and uh, taped many, many, many hours, I guess, of, uh, or many conversations uh, of, of things that would come across this, this device. So it's a device, and uh, therefore it's technology. And now that was the beginning of ITC, I believe, and that was... Um, has not been able to be repeated quite yet. Well, They, they have not built, a, um, you know, the transmitter and receiver coupled together um, inside a Faraday cage. Well, of course, being inside a Faraday cage, you're not supposed to receive any outside signals. That's the idea of that. And um, so, so that's technology. Marcus Leder is working on technologies as well, using um, crystals and, and energies and magnets and just all kinds of different, um, things come together in his, but it's not a transmitter receiver kind of apparatus. it's it's quite different. He's trying to use the energy that is just that is present and amplified or used by the various pieces in his uh, in his creation. So technology wise um, we need to we're, we're working toward building uh, independently we're working toward building these, this uh platform and then of course spiritual wise marcus leader is uh, uh you're a shaman right or a trained shaman
3: that's correct yeah, i studied for eight years
2: so so you you've got the uh you've got the uh um uh the right to talk about <laughs> you know spirituality you've earned this and and i know that uh, mark macy as well has said that the that it comes across when everybody is, everybody who's working on an experiment is um, in i, I don 't i'm going to do this i 'm going to phrase this wrong, I know so i 'll have to be corrected but um, in sync in tune um, aware and of the highest intentions so so correct me if that 's wrong, but everybody
3: good actually okay okay,
2: but everybody has to be together on that, and that 's a spiritual kind of, uh, of of state of being so so there's two sides spirituality and technology Marcus um, Let's talk about, if you could, let's talk about briefly with both of you, the, the marriage of technology and spirituality.
3: Um, yeah, in this in this field, you almost have to put both of them together. Um, you have to use uh, intent sometimes to to trigger. I think uh, that's what uh, Mark has been doing quite a bit uh, through meditation and. Uh, intent to actually make the connection, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the subtle energy, the problem with, with trying to do it just with technology, is that um, subtle energy is, is kind of a broad term uh, that's used to describe various energy manifestations that are not from our physical reality. Um, it's also referred as chi, prana, orgone, life force, and some people even call it zero-point energy. And um, it, it's also thought to be the stuff that uh, like spirits or ghosts are made of. And it's my belief that that term is, is far too generalized and should be categorized as manifestations of a primal force that permeates the entire multiverse. Uh, each dimensional reality, and uh, ours is one of them, uh, has its own uh, frequency or vibration of this primal force. Uh, some of our uh, energies, that we, you know, these vibrations are called magnetism, gravity, electromagnetic radiation, um, and another dimensional ring, say for example just above ours, uh, we would find similar uh, energetic manifestations of a higher vibration making it impossible to detect with uh, technological devices that we have now. You know, we can measure our own energy system, but we can't measure another. Um, that makes the detection of the higher dimensions you know, difficult and it's almost impossible, impossible to communicate just using technology. Um, there is a slight interaction between our energy system and that of the higher vibrations and that opens up a possibility of detection and communication um, you know, so that you can monitor the subtle energy interactions. But that's, that's where technology will come in. But you still have to reach out there with uh, human intent, and, uh, and you have to focus your energies because you're dealing with entities on the other side that only use thought and um, mental energy you know, to communicate. So you kind of have to merge the two together. And I think that's uh, a lot what um, Mark Macy and the ITC have been doing, isn't that right, Mark?
4: Uh, exactly, yes. Uh- during that conversation with Konstantin Radaev that they talked about earlier, um, I asked him to, to describe the equipment they use on their side, and he said uh, it depends mostly on your your reception, on your psychic reception, and that seems to be what makes ITC possible. It's, it's been described as a sort of a marriage between uh, the people and their attitudes and their thoughts and their feelings. And also the technologies on both sides of the veil. That's um, what our spirit friends refer to as a contact field. It's the thoughts and the attitudes of all the people involved on both sides that that merge to form this pool of consciousness or a contact field. And as you were saying earlier, the the, the thrust of your research is, is resonance or harmony, and. Uh, our spirit friends have told us that when there's harmony among the researchers, a lot of trust and sincerity and honesty and love, that kind of thing, then the contact field is clear from their perspective. It, it's a clear field and they can come through and work with our equipment. But if there's dissonance in the form of um, uh, resentment or envy or uh, anger, and that causes a cloudiness in the, this field that's invisible to us anyway. But the field becomes cloudy from the perspective of our spirit friends. They can they can no longer see into our world or work with us. And at that time, negative spirits who are of a different denser vibration can break into the existing bridge and start causing problems uh, in the contacts that we receive. So. I think in the first five minutes of this conversation we're having, we've kind of hit on the crux of ITC, which is um, establishing this field, of res- this resonant field, which involves a marriage of the individuals, their thoughts and their attitudes, and the equipment. So it's all it forms a soup of life energy or chi or holy spirit, whatever you want to call it.
3: Yeah, that. Uh that sounds pretty much what uh, what I've uh, studied in, in my uh, field, and from a shamanic point of view, what you were saying about the fields being too dense or not coherent, um, one of the things that I was taught about the, the buffering zone, I believe the different dimensions have a buffering zone between them that keeps energy from flowing directly, and that buffering zone um, people call in, in our line of research they call it the veil and uh, they talk about the veil growing thin like around Halloween different times of the year like that and what I was taught is that the veil actually doesn't you know grow thinner it actually becomes more coherent where the vibrations become in resonance and so energy can transfer back and forth from, uh, from one plane to another plane and um, why it becomes you know coherent at that time of year is Still needs to be researched. It probably has something to do with uh, gravitational positions of the planets and all that. But uh, it's that fits right in line you know, with what I was taught, where you have to have create a, like almost like a sacred space where everything is in resonance and harmony so that you can actually entice the entities on the other side to communicate with you. You can have the best technology in the world, and if nobody wants to talk to you, it's not going to do you any good.
4: Yeah, Marcus, I was going to ask you, you, know, you what, you've said, what you've told me about that in your email that, that I read the other day. Um, the, the techniques you're, you've been developing to sustain this harmony among people, uh, so far is it mostly theoretically, theoretical for you or have you been working with the group so you've been able to put this to practice and see how it works with a group of people?
3: Uh, I haven't worked with a large group. I've worked with a few different individuals. I haven't had the opportunity to use a larger group. And uh, a lot of it, it's it's a form of meditation, but it's also um, sound waves. And it's a series of complex sound waves that i found gets everybody's mind in sync. And and it it doesn't permit, um, like, lower negative thoughts or vibrations to come through. And I, I think you're familiar with uh, with some of the technology. It's from the um, uh, Monroe Institute using the Hemi. Oh, of course, frequency. yeah, HemiSync. Yeah.
4: yeah, And
3: uh, I've been experimenting, you know, creating my own my own uh, different combinations of uh, frequencies and voices. Voices meaning different uh, oscillations of sound, and uh, with you know different beat frequencies. And I've I've used it for other things besides that, but I've I found a particular set that seems to, if everyone listens to it at the same time, it just takes their minds and just puts them right in sync, and uh, it, it doesn't allow for, or it doesn't seem to allow for the, um, the negative you know, the emotions uh, to come through, which is uh, what I was thinking might be uh, beneficial to you know, your group if you were to experiment with uh, those sounds. I don't know if you. I don't know what kind of meditation that you use, or you know if you use sound during the meditation. The only thing is, as you know, with Hemisync, it has to be listened to with uh, headphones to get the the best benefit.
4: Yeah. Yeah, we've done some work with Hemisync and uh, different techniques like that. But the concerns I've been having in the last few years, uh, while establishing groups to work with, you know. It gets down to the basic, the down and dirty aspects of human nature. You know, you get together with a group and uh, there might be some chemical attraction between two people and that that stirs into the cause of jealousy. Or you might have someone who just says something political off the cuff and somebody who bristles very strongly to what they said and it uh, spins out into some more... Personality conflicts and arguments, and just the basic human nature that kind of yeah,
3: good old human nature.
4: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the thing and, that's. The,
3: you know, I'm sorry, ahead. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm. Um, I mean, to interrupt you there, but yeah, that's one advantage of. You know, I do a lot of work like that on my own, and you know, unless I argue with myself, then there's there's not a problem like that. But uh, uh, when you get into bigger groups. And uh, more diverse personalities—that's—that's that's something you're going to run into. So yep. I don't see how that would be a problem.
2: Well, there are indeed experiments where uh, vastly different groups of people have achieved goals. And for example, I'll—I'll I'll just throw out the Philip experiment at University of, or out in Toronto, and where they made up a, a character and then pretty much uh, gave him power, even though he was fake. Uh, Philip so so even though these students and passers-by or interested parties or whatever they were got together um, and were of not of like mind in in uh-huh. all aspects and probably had you know being younger uh, probably had the attractions and then the fights and the <laughs> and the uh, uh, the differences of opinion they were able to produce results with that experiment at least as far as I've read I didn't I've never actually seen any on tape or or heard any anything but the reports are that they were able to produce physical phenomena and I know that's not what we're looking for you know production of physical phenomena here but uh, but they were able to to for the purposes of the experiment not uh, you know not not take their own you know biochemical uh electrochemical furnaces and 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 their own minds and 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 outlooks and and get over that for just the you know the the experimentation time and i'm wondering if not if there's a way but if there's perhaps a uh uh some kind of uh Thing within our psyche that we can set aside those differences briefly uh, for for the purposes of experimentation.
4: Uh, Yeah, this is Mark Macy. Um, um, Did you happen to notice when you were uh, observing those experiments or reading about them? Was it something that a group of people came together one time or two times, or was it a group that? stuck together for a period of months or even years to where they sustained residence over a period of time. Do you know which, what this, the situation was? Yeah, this was,
2: this was a prolonged period of time. Uh, I, I believe it was approaching a year. And then as the group uh, broke apart, um, it the the experiment could not then be repeated because then people were into their own things and they hadn't built up this this harmony kind of thing. But but the harmony was only for the purposes of the experiment. So that's why I'm wondering is it possible something in, in the human psyche to set aside uh, differences, set aside your biological desires and 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 base emotions and things like that for the purposes of, of scientific experimentation, like when you walk into a doctor's office, um, everything is cold and clean and sterile, and 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 you you are overcome with a mood, and you don't think about the traffic ticket and the, you know the, the the everyday thing. You you're you're there to to get your. Your, whatever you're there for, done, and then get out. So, so I'm wondering if there's, if there's something already in the psyche that could be taken advantage of so that we don't have to be in harmony 24-7 in order to do experiments like this.
4: Yeah, uh, This is Mark Macy again. I, um, so what you're suggesting is kind of a, a rather than in-depth relationship among people, just meet, meet on a sort of a shallow relationship basis just for the sake of the experiment. Don't get to know each other too well. Just uh, uh, establish a sort of a surface harmony that'll work for the experiments, and then move on to your personal lives separately and get into your deeper relationships with other people.
2: Yeah, put so, that way, it doesn't seem very useful. <laughs> well, it might be. I don't know. It might could be.
3: Yeah. What I'm thinking, Mark, is um, uh might be able to employ a technique of uh, like resonant tuning and the energy conversion box that the Monroe Institute uses where you put all your worries and concerns and emotional differences and things in a box before an experiment is started. That's the only way I know you might be able to do something like that.
4: That's a good point. Yeah. Uh-huh. They, they do use that. That's true. They have a Robert Monroe figured out a, a box. You open the heavy lid, you put all your emotional garbage in it, you close the lid, and then you go on with the uh, resonant tuning as a group—that that seems to work pretty well. That's a good point.
3: Yeah, I know they had. Uh, there was one case they had uh, years ago where, in the Gateway Experience uh, or program, they were having a group of people go through, and there was one woman in the in the group that was very attractive, and a lot of the other men, uh, whenever they would, whenever they would um, go to do their exercise, uh, their mental you know conditioning with uh, hemisync they would, uh, since they were attracted to her, to keep her as being a distraction in their meditations they would take her and put her in their energy conversion box and they found that this, this woman couldn't uh, get very far. She couldn't do reach the states that she needed to or get out of her body or anything That's interesting. because everybody kept locking her up every time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's that's, uh, that's uh, kind of interesting because she didn't she can't help it
4: but that kind of illustrates exactly the uh, obstacle we have right now to ITC which is uh, basic human nature the hormones the egos the personalities the things that causes pe- that cause people to not get along over a long period of time it causes blowups and that's why conflict resolution is so important in most organizations to learn how to deal with conflicts and it doesn't make it easy to work as a resident group, and uh, for ITC for that reason. But it's, it's really important that we talk about these things because the more we do, the more solutions will begin to bubble to the
2: surface. Well, that's yeah, what that, I'm hoping for. Yeah, I, I think
3: Doug's right. That's that would be a good way to to do it, is to try to find uh, neutral ground where everybody could put everything away, you know, and that's that's the only mental technique I know of is the energy conversion box. But um, you know, if you get people with, that are that are too, uh, you know, to each other, or there's too much emotion going on, um, you know, it, it might not even work with that. You might have to find somebody else. But that's um, that's a problem with with working with uh, groups of people like that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to you know tight knit groups. Yep.
4: and that's why I think there are no big ITC bridges built to this world at the present time, where people in every country are just you can pick up the phone and talk to your uncle Harry who died two years ago. Um, that's what we're all hoping to have happen someday, but I think that's the reason why it's not happening is because we can't establish the harmony necessary to do that. Yep. And That's what you and I are working on, Marcus,
2: which I think is important. Yeah, and
3: in a world like this, with all the war and everything going on, it makes it even tougher. Yeah, that's
2: true. I'll tell you what, you guys. Let's take a quick break. Can we will Mm -hmm. ah, we're gonna take a quick break um because that's a lot of stuff to analyze and think about for (laughs) so we'll take a a couple of minute break and then uh and then we'll come back with more ghostly talk with mark macy and marcus leader talking about uh itc communication with uh with those on the other side of the veil and uh see what we can do to uh bring technology and spirituality together uh The whole gamut. We'll talk about everything that comes up after this break.
0: And this is a perfect time to take a break in this show as well. Mark Macy and I have been discussing harmony and resonance between people and your environment. The real secret to breaking communication barriers between worlds is found by achieving a harmonic resonance with the people and the environment around you. This applies to ghost hunting and other forms of paranormal investigation as well. Have you ever wondered why some people get such great EVPs on locations and and others seem to get squat? It is because of their own harmonic resonance being more conducive to transdimensional communication. This is true as well. When you are trying to alter your consciousness to shift into other states of deep meditation and awareness the best way i know how to help you achieve these states and improve your chances of successful communication through the veil is to bathe yourself and your environment with music and not just any kind of music it has to be music that will enhance and sustain harmonic resonance in a specific frequency range. There is only one musician I know that can consistently produce music of this nature and I introduced you to him in my last show. His name is Peter Phippen and he is one of the greatest flutists in the world today. The sounds and music that Peter produces when he plays a flute comes from a special place that is yet undefined by modern science. Peter thinks of himself as a conduit or an antenna to the universe around him and he allows the music to flow through him rather than from within him. Much of his music is recorded in a single live setting and not played from memory or from a musical score. For this reason each song is unique and very hard to ever play again exactly the same way. In my shamanic lineage we would say that spirit is musically manifesting itself using peter as a divine instrument i strongly recommend to all who wish to learn the methods and shamanic practices that i will be teaching in this show and in my future books to buy and use all of peter cds and to all my fellow paranormal researchers I'm going to let you in on a little secret that I use to stimulate paranormal activity in both the lab and haunted locations. Take one of Peter Phippen's CDs with you and play it just loud enough to be heard and you will be amazed at how your EVPs and photographic evidence will evolve in quantity and quality. I will be giving examples of this in my uh, shows next month. I will talk with you more about Peter and his work in next week's show, but until then, you can find information on ordering Peter's music on his own website, www.peterfippen.com. That's Peter, P-H-I-P-P-E-N.com. Or you can go to the my website, theshamansbrew.com, And uh, find them on my links page. Until then, relax and close your eyes. And if you're not driving, let your mind evolve and float as Peter carries you on the waves of his song called Meditations. From his album, also called Meditations.
5: And this is still Ghostly Talk.
2: Macy of WorldITC.org and Marcus Leader of Leader Research. Uh, welcome back to Ghostly Talk. And we were talking about um, well, we were talking about a lot of things. But what I'm wondering now, uh, unless you don't want to change the topic, <laughs> um, what I, what I'm wondering now is the what. Other research, other than what you guys know, because I, I know worlditc.org, dot You, uh, Mark Macy, you're involved with a lot of other folks. You have, uh, you know, relationships with other scientists, uh, paranormal scientists, and and and. Uh, non paranormal scientists uh, throughout the world that you've built up over time and and you probably have a better handle on what's being investigated now than I do and and then of course uh, Marcus Leder, who's been all over the internet <laughs> for, for for a couple of years now uh, looking at all these different folks and what they're doing what what things are going on that in the world that um, other than this track other than the itc and and uh um uh, uh spiritual track to to get this kind of thing going i, I know of, i know offhand of evp for example but what other kinds of things are we looking at along this line to get contact with the other side
3: yeah i was actually gonna ask mark that question um you know, right. If you have come across other researchers uh, outside of uh, World ITC that are doing similar research or um, you know, related fields, because I haven't come across too many. Yeah. A lot of people doing EVP research, but um, not actual two-way communication type research.
4: It's uh, It's been my experience over the past 15 years, I guess. that. There was a sort of a heyday of all sorts of wonderful results happening in the 1990s with the Skoll experiments in England where they were having incredible physical phenomena, probably the most amazing in the world ever reported. You know, it's, It was just an incredible set of experiences they had. And The ITC experiences, our research group, our INITS group, International Network for Instrumental Transcommunication, we were having miraculous contacts. And uh, there were some other German researchers, Adolf Holmes, Klaus Schreiber, doing uh, uh, amazing things. But this is again ITC, I guess, that I'm talking about now. But uh, an interesting thing happened around the year 2000. There seemed to be a shift in the world, uh, political and economic, which spilled over into a lot of uh, religious and cultural things too, which started causing a lot of problems in the world. And as the, as the uh, dissonance increased, I guess, it's in society at all levels, these miracles began to dissipate a little bit. They began to back off. and At the present time, I'm not too familiar with anybody who's really getting amazing contacts or results of any kind. I, there's one fellow in Italy named Marcello Bacci who started experimenting in the 1960s with an old tube type radio. And, uh, he's, he has people come into his basement and they talk to their de- deceased loved ones through the radio. And that's still going on today. He still gets contacts like that. But other than him, and I still get pictures with my illuminator, you know, I take pictures of people with a Polaroid camera and we get pictures uh, of spirit faces posing side by side or superimposed over the human faces. Um,. Beyond that, the only research efforts I know about are those like Gary Schwartz at the University of uh, University in Arizona. I guess he's um, basically trying to prove life after death scientifically with the use of psychics and uh, some sort of clinical tests. But that, uh, as far as the contacts that are building bridges to other worlds the physical phenomena or communications that seems to be on the back burner right now until things settle a little bit more in the world and uh, that's the only reason I can think of why things are kind of on hold right now
2: well you know I I do notice an upswing of sorts of of uh, mental mediums Uh, because there's you know, physical mediums and mental mediums. Physical mediums are what you think of when you think of the spiritualist movement, the the, the wrapping on the walls, the table tipping. Um, that's physical mediumship, I mean. Uh, mental mediums are, are folks who go into a slightly altered state of consciousness and then um, receive, ima- uh, apparently, and, and, I mean, I'm fairly convinced about some of these folks, too, because I've s- some of these... Uh, uh, are, have brought information that I don't think were being presented by the person, the sitter, you know, the person they are reading for. Um, uh, brought information to them that that would make them cry, that would make them just absolutely amazing. I don't think the, the sitter was broadcasting this through any. Um, mannerisms or speech or or anything like that, I think the person was just sitting there and then, bam, the the mental medium hits them with a fact uh, or or an impression that they got, like, you know, what does this mean to you? And then all of a sudden they start bursting into tears, right? Um, That's not normal. So so I'm convinced about some of this kind of thing. uh, But I've noticed an upswing in mental mediumship, as opposed to a downswing, uh, and then of course there's the corresponding downswing in in ITC and uh, uh, type um, uh, bridge building. Is there uh, an inverse correlation, or or are the are the two so incredibly different? You know, mental mediumship versus uh, you know ITC, which is you know spiritual you know spiritual and technological. Um, are the two so different that they're, that they're you know, is it apples and oranges, or, or is there some kind of inverse correlation going on?
4: I, yeah, I don't see an inverse correlation. I think, now that you mention it, you know, the um, consciousness is expanding quite a lot with TV shows like Ghost Whisperer mm-hmm. and Medium,
5: mm-hmm.
4: and uh, there is incredible amount of interest right now in... Um, psychic abilities and like you said mental mediumship and I think as that spreads that that also provides fertile ground for ITC bridges the people's enthusiasm about communication with the other side and their understanding increasing their growing knowledge about what goes on on the other side I think that also kind of creates this field that allows that will allow ITC bridges to take place in the future hopefully the near future yeah, I'm glad you mentioned
2: that, uh, in that pickup and uh, mental mediumship. Are, are you, uh, ha- have you seen mental mediums at work? Ha- are, are you convinced of them, or, are, or, or, or is it still like it was with the physical mediums where, you know, when, when Henry Houdini was running around trying to debunk them and things like that, it, it, what state do you see mental, medi- mental mediumship being in? Believable? Unbelievable.
4: Uh, okay, I'll, yeah, I can answer first, I guess. I've talked to quite a. F- this is Mark Macy. I've, I've talked mm-hmm. to quite a few uh, mental mediums in the past 15 years, I guess, and they vary quite a lot for me. I, like there, there's one medium, a woman I've, I've talked to, who says a lot of interesting things, but they don't seem to apply to me at, at the moment or later on. I look back on it. Whereas I have a friend of mine who talks to the same woman and. Almost everything she says resonates very closely. So, a lot of the mental mediumship seems to depend on the individuals. And I've talked to James Van Prague uh, some years ago uh, before he became well known. And uh, he was in touch mentally with my spirit friends uh, who were making ITC contacts at that time. And he did bring through a lot of very good information that was very pertinent. So yeah. I know there's a lot of legitimacy in mental mediumship, uh, but it's kind of subjective in some cases, too.
2: And and, and people vary with their own skills. I mean, I, I for example, while I am able to read, <laughs> uh, I read extremely slowly. I mean, very, very, very slowly, and and it's it's by choice, by the way. <laughs> I I just I like to linger over the words, and 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 yes, I can skim, but but I like to to take it in, and I like that moment that I'm reading and creating a a picture in my head of it. Um, I, I, I'm not able to talk to deceased people with my mind, but um, but I. It, I would have a varying degree uh, in in this case on the nil side, um, you know, as it's, it's somebody who does it every day and practices all the time. So so I, I imagine people have varying degrees of of uh, um, the, the the wrong word is competency. Uh, I can't think of the right word. Um, varying degrees of. Uh, and the wrong word again is ability. Um, <laughs> I can't think of the right word, but varying degrees of whatever that word is, uh, fo- folks will have different degrees of it. Um, so, so that that's, that would seem normal to me. The uh, oh, Marcus Leader, um, mental mediumship.
3: Um, yeah, I've seen I've seen a few. Uh, I haven't worked with too many personally, but uh, I've I've seen the whole spectrum, uh, there's always going to be charlatans around. Mm -hmm. It's not as bad, I don't think, as it was at the turn of the century, but uh, you're always going to have those. But I think, um, like Mark was saying, is that a lot of uh, mediums uh, will work well with one person, with one individual, and then maybe hit and miss with another and I think it has to do with, uh, again, with that resonance thing. How well the two people are compatible in their energy fields. And um, you know, someone that's highly compatible with this medium, they're going to get a much better reading than someone that's you know clashing. And um, I've I've walked around like the different psychic fairs they have, and where they have their booths set up, and they they do readings there for whatever, in you know, forty five dollars or whatever they charge. And um, you know, I just kind of looked at the table and kind of just listened to what they were saying and a lot of them are just, you know, I've listened to the, the same people with two or three people and a lot of them are just rattling information off and uh, stuff pulling out of their their head that uh, they wouldn't have any way of knowing and then another individual sits down and it's like it's a struggle you know, to get information and there's, there's nowhere near the amount of energy flow. So, um, and and like you were saying about about their different degrees there are different degrees you know uh, I haven't found the right word either you know accuracy effectiveness or whatever you want to call it but um, some you know are definitely better than others some are able to open up and uh, reach into the other person or into the multiverse you know and uh, tap into information um, I think a lot of people that, that really aren't mediums you know born mediums they can they can learn it through uh, different techniques It's just Takes time. Uh, the uh, other thing to consider with mediums, if you look at it from you know, a scientific, uh, parapsychological you know, point of view, if you uh, if a medium sits down, they may be getting information from your dead Aunt Mabel, you know, telling you all these things, or they may be tapping telepathically into that person's uh, energy that they're they're giving the reading for. And getting all this information without them even knowing it, so it's, it's not necessarily that they're tapping into the the um, entity from the other side. They may be tapping into uh, memories within that person. So there's it's, there's a lot of different facets of mediumship, but uh, there does seem to be an uprise, you know, legitimate uh, legitimate uh, mediums today.
2: And is it going to get easier, better, or worse? Or is anybody scared of 2012? The year? Oh, boy. <laughs> that,
3: that's a tough one. There, there's so much controversy on that. Uh, you know, there's even, um, you know, somewhere I saw a cartoon about the two uh, you know, calendar makers, and they're making the calendar, um, and they're chiseling away, and the guy stops, and the other guy tells them to. Uh, go ahead and finish your calendar. And he says he can't because he ran out of stone. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, uh, didn't disconnect you. <laughs> oops. Yeah, oops. <clears throat> there, there's a lot of controversy about that. Um, I you know, don't really have enough evidence to form a logical opinion on it yet, but uh, I think there's a reason they stopped at 2012. But I don't necessarily, you know, anytime there's, there's something like that that happens, we automatically tend to jump to catastrophe into the world type thing. It could be a very positive thing, you know, also. It could be the point where we actually, you know, open up and bridge these uh, bridges we're trying to, to bridge, like what World ITC is trying to do. It may be the point where harmony is uh, starts to take a turn for the positive. It, it's hard to say.
4: In fact, I, yeah, I kind of, uh, I kind of agree. I think I, I like to think that what's going on now in the world is kind of a stirring up of wounds. You know, you open a wound up, you have to kind of stir things up before the healing can begin. And so maybe we are entering a, a dark period of stirring up old wounds to, so we can enter a period of healing and peace and resonance afterwards. You know. Um, That's what I like to think, and uh, when that kind of new age comes, I guess that's when there will be all sorts of bridges opening up and uh, good feelings around the world and a lot of harmony.
3: Yeah, that's, that's what we like to think, otherwise all the work we're doing now is going to be for nothing. We can talk to anybody we want on the other side then.
2: Yeah.
4: We'll, 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 we'll be talking to him because we'll be over there. we
2: yeah. <laughs> right. We'll float over and say hey. Um, okay, I something I want to ask both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't mean for this to turn into an interview kind of thing. I, mm-hmm. I just why, <laughs> but but having both of you on the line is is uh, a, a, an opportunity I cannot pass up. Right. Um, I one person that I'm absolutely fascinated with is Bill Nell. And and he studies the uh, uh, Philadelphia experiment, the experiments at Montauk with the ESP chair that was given to humanity by aliens, and and time travel, and uh, you know through the the function and use of this chair, and uh, different dimensions, and just all kinds of stuff that go along with uh, Philadelphia experiment and Montauk, and. Uh, what they what it appears that they did, and we don't know, because, you know, no one will talk about it openly or freely other than what's already been given to us, uh, uh, to the world by, you know, a few people. Um, it, it appears like they just threw a whole bunch of power, electricity, <laughs> you know, regular power, um, at this specially designed chair and uh, sat a, a psychic... An operator, an, a chair operator who was psychic, you know, gifted psychically at least enough that they deemed, who would then control where and when the person would, uh, the person who is going to step through this tunnel, uh, emerge. The the psychic would would use the chair and the power to create this vortex that the person would go through and and emerge on the other side. Is this kind of bizarre thing? Possible is it not? Is it within your imaginations, uh, or or the the way that you guys understand the world and, and the way it works, and, and the way power systems and 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 electronic gizmos? Because this chair would be nothing but a huge electronic gizmo with a lot of power behind it. Uh, is is all this within the realm? I mean, it is mar- it is marrying technology with psychic and and therefore spiritual things together just a one person operator though is this within the realm of possibility to you guys
3: well uh, I think it is Um, partly because you got to understand from the rumors and everything uh, our government is technologically uh, anywhere from 50 to 100 years ahead of our current technological what the public has available so, you know, what, what we have available in our world, uh, you know, cell phone technology, all that stuff is, it probably wouldn't be possible. But if you take a step a little bit further out in a few years, I would say it would be. And I know, I have known people that have been involved in projects that, uh, you know, they can't really tell too much about. But for things like that happen, you know, I think it's definitely in the realm of uh, possibility technologically.
4: I agree. I, um, the group I was involved with, this In It group from different countries, we were, that was the project we were working on when we disbanded. Uh, it was, we called it the Space-Time Doorway. And uh, that was part of a, kind of a carryover project of what we were told was underway many, many thousands of years ago before recorded history. And we were kind of following that up now that we have the technology in this world to do it.
0: And we will continue with this interview and next week's show to give you a better understanding of what ITC is about and about what you're going to hear in upcoming episodes in my News from the Lab segment. Thank you for listening. This is Marcus Leder, and you've been listening to The Shaman's Brew on Jackalope, 105 FM on the Jackalope Media Network.